Exodus chapter 3, Exodus chapter 3, we are uh, ending a series today called My Church. Um, there was a, a little child, and I'm so glad we got little kids in here today, uh, a little child that was asked, um, why did your um, parents break up? And the little child said, incorrectly, it must have been because of me. Little child was uh, beat by their father, and they said, why did your dad beat you? The little child responded incorrectly, it must have been about me. Uh, why is your mommy and daddy fighting? The little child responded incorrectly, it must be about me. I must have done something wrong. When people are abused and assaulted, little kids, a lot of times they think it must have been about me. Incorrectly. Because little kids can't see beyond themselves. Everything is about them. Matter of fact, whenever, whenever someone accuses you of acting like a child, <laughs> what <they're, laughs> whenever someone says they're acting like a child, it means they're acting very self-centeredly. And Paul says, when I was a child, I acted like a child. I thought like a child. But when I became an adult, I started thinking, put away childish things, childish thinking, childish perspective, and I became an adult. Can, 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 does it make sense to you? Can I get an Amen. And so people who don't grow up are people who are old and aged, but they still think like a child. They think it's all about them. Now, when we get born again, and we say born again, born again, we become a child again. And we start all over the whole process. And we think, well, I must not have a good job because I must have done something to God. Or God's not blessing me to answer my prayers because I must have sin in my life. It must be about me. And what we have to realize is that what God, our relationship with God and life in general is so much not about us, saying it ain't about me. It's so much more going on in our world, in our individual lives that we have to step back and go, God, give me your perspective on what you're doing and what role do you want me to play in that process so I can be the person you want me to be. We've been talking about my church and, we, and we we're talking about our mission statement called No God. And we say No God. We want everybody to know God, have a relationship with God. That, that's the first step in this journey of being a believer. And then last week we talked about growing community. Say growing community. Once you know God, we want you to get in a community where you can be with people that can, uh, as iron sharpens iron, sharpen your relationship with God. So know God was first step one. No, growing community was step two. And today we're going to talk about make a difference. Say make a difference. We are a do-something church where we serve the community, but we can't do that without people like you saying, I want, to do what I, I want to do something to make a difference. But often when God calls you to do something, when, when, I, when we challenge you to get involved, you go back to your excuses or reasons why God can't use you. And they're based on the wrong view of God and the wrong view of yourself. And so what I'm going to do is challenge you to think that God has something for you to do. In the kingdom of God. This is not just about coming here and listening to a sermon. He has something for you to do and it's way bigger than you. And even though you may be nervous, apprehensive about doing it, that God still has that plan. He still can use you. And we're going to look at the story about Moses. And we we'll say, Moses, where Moses is called by God to go do something that's way bigger than Moses. Moses can't do it on his own. And Moses gives God five excuses of why he can't do it. And these are five excuses that maybe you have given God. But I want to see, go through these excuses that Moses gives and then listen to God's rebuttal. How God says, I hear you, Moses, but that don't fly with my kingdom. 
What God has for you to do is between God. It's God's situation. God is going to put you in a situation where you're going to say, I can't do that. And he's going to go, yes, you're right. That's why you got me. I'm not sending you by yourself. We're going together. Matter of fact, I'm already there ahead of you. The Bible says you are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works that God already prepared in advance. (laughs) Already prepared in advance. So if God's put on your heart to help somebody, to do something, God has already put put the, the, uh, the process in place. It's happening. It's happening. So let's look at Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3. Verse 1, we'll read through this. It says, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. He led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame from the bush. So he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, now I will turn aside and see this sight, why the bush does not burn. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush saying, Moses, Moses. So here's Moses walking around. Moses is 80 years old. Everyone say 80. 80. Anybody here 80? I didn't think so. I spoke last night for um, uh, Morris Cirillo. An event, he has passed away, but his wife was there. She's 91. 91. And I got to sit with her. And you know how older ladies, they'll just pat you? <laughs> she was patting me the whole time. <laughs> she was patting my hand. She's in a wheelchair. She's just 91. And... Um, I was, had this 10 minutes with her, and God said, pay attention. Pay attention. This lady has forgotten 100 times more ministry than you've ever done in your life. They have trained millions of pastors. Her husband's passed away. And she says, I pray for you. And, and, and I'm, I, I had to take a pause to just somewhat acknowledge the royalty of that woman, 91. We're so young. We know so little. I mean, how, you're 22? Yeah, she looks like she's 16, don't she? <laughs> I was like, you're 21 years old. It's like, and when you're 21, I remember being 21, I think I knew everything. I know, Jack. I mean, I could barely tie my shoes. Here's Moses. He's 80 years old. And the reason I make this big a deal, Moses is 81. 81, and he's just getting ready to start his ministry. God said it took me 80 years to get you ready. And then it says that he saw the burning bush and he faced it. And that's when God spoke to you. You know, um, a lot of times you will not hear God until you face him and say, God, speak to me. We're walking around doing our own thing, going to work, trying to get a date, whatever it is. And, and God's like, hello, hello. And we ain't paying attention. If you could just stop and say, God, I'm listening. Now, God is not over there and not over there. He's not over there and not over there. I'm not saying you have to physically turn. But to posture your heart to say to the Lord, I am listening. Samuel said, speak, Lord, your servant hears. If every day you say, God, I am listening, speak to me, you will hear him. Now, he's speaking to you all the time, constantly. 
But if you're not listening, you won't pay attention. I was on vacation uh, years ago, my wife and I, and my wife on vacation, her thing is she does nothing. She wants to sit by the pool and not even by the beach. She don't like, she don't, we can't, she don't even want to go on the beach. She says, sit by the pool all day, read a book. And I'm like, that is the most boring, like the last thing on the planet I want to do. Can I get amen, fellas? Or maybe some of you ladies too. I, I, it's like, why? I can do that at home. But I love my wife. So I sit there and I just, we plop down and we get everything. I get, go out and get the seat, you know, before everybody else. I get up, I literally get up like at four in the morning and, and it's pitch black. I go out there in the pitch black darkness, sit so no one can get the seat that we want. The sun, literally for two hours, sun comes up. I get the seat and I'm like, I'm doing all this to, to do something I don't even want to do. But I do it. So one day, and I sit there all day like this. That's my vacation. I just look at her, okay, okay, you, you happy? Good, I'm glad, okay. <laughs> and one day we were in a pool and I said, I'm going to listen to the birds and see if I can understand what they say. <laughs> I'm going somewhere with this, pay attention. And I noticed that there were like three or four different kinds of birds, five kinds of birds, that all flew at a different altitude. There were some birds that just flew here, like from the ground to maybe four feet onto bushes. They never went up here. Then there were other birds that were a little higher than that. Then there were other birds at the top of the, the, the trees. Then there were some birds that were only going to certain trees. And then there were some birds that were way up there and never came down. And they were all talking to each other. And I'm sitting there going, huh, those birds are going, chee, 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 chee. those birds are going, wah, 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 wah. those birds are going, boop, 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 boop. And, I, and, I, and I started noticing, and if I paid attention, I could... I started noticing these different birds and their different patterns. But I never paid attention to that. If you pay attention to God, he will speak to you. Great and mighty things you don't know. Okay, let's keep going. And he said, do not draw near. Take your sandals off your feet for where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, Moses said, I, Moses, moreover, God said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Moses hid his face from the Lord. And the Lord said, I've seen, everyone say seen, the oppression of my people who are in Egypt. I've heard, say heard, the cry of their taskmasters, for I know, say no. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians to bring them up from a land to a good and large land flowing with milk and honey to the place of the Canaanite, the Hittite, the Amorite, the Perizzite, the Hivite, the Jebusite, the Uptite, and the Mosquitobite. <laughs> now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me. And I've seen the oppressions with the, which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Um, guess what? God sends deliverers in response to cries of people. When we talk about making a difference and we talk about God using you, every single one of you, to do something to build the kingdom, you are not called to just attend church. You are not called to just attend church. You are called to receive Christ, get equipped, and say, now who can I go help? And when God sends you to go help people, he is sending you to go help people partly in response to people crying out to God for help. And I'm not saying that every person that you talk to has cried out to God in, in consciously saying, God, send someone to help me. 
But if you are equipped and ready to share your faith, to share the gospel, to pray for someone, to encourage someone, to share an encouraging word from the word, if you are equipped all the time to do that, God, God, you will run into people who need that all the time. I was at O'Hare Airport in Chicago. Anybody know that airport? It's huge. And I was standing there charging my phone to something at this little desk with all these plugs. And this guy rolls up and puts his plug next to my plug. I'm like, oh, it's on. God sent you to me to talk to. That's why you are here. That's how I see it. I don't see it the other way. Now, what's going to happen? I have no idea. But you're standing there. I got to talk to you. And what is better thing I got to talk about than Jesus? Say Jesus. Come on, people. And guess what? That guy got saved. Make a long story short. That guy got saved standing right there at the thing. My point. So, so my point, though, is that there's people crying out to God and they don't even know it. There's people in the bar right now. Maybe not right now. Maybe not. it's not open yet. But they were there from the night before. They're like, give me another drink. When they say, give me another drink, they're crying out to God. They don't know it. What they're saying is, I got to drown my pain. And this is the only best thing I got. You. Some of y'all used to be that person. I used to do cocaine. So when I meet someone who done cocaine, I get it. I've been up all night. Shaking, trembling. So I get it. That's not, don't be ashamed of that. Be proud that God got you through. Now you can go back. That's what we're talking about. Okay, so let's get to the points. We haven't got to the points. Number one, Moses expressed insecurity, so God encouraged him with the eternal presence. Look what God said. Moses says, who am I? Everyone say, who am I? That I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt. I am nobody. When God calls you to do something, even if it's to pray for somebody, you're like, who am I? And, you, and when the devil tells you you're nobody, you know what you should say? You're right. Amen. But God is somebody. Because <laughs> he says, God said, I will be with you and this will be a sign that, I have, that you serve me on this mountain. I will be with you. Look what he says. I, when I, it says, God says, I will be with you and this shall be a sign that I have sent you when you have brought the people out of Egypt. You shall serve me on this mountain. It's not about who you are. It's about whose you are. Amen. I'm going to say it again. It's not about who you are. Say it's not about who I am. It's say it's about whose I am. You belong to God. God is with you. And if God is with you, who could be, if God is for you, who could be against you? And so as we challenge you to make a difference and say, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get in a group. Last week we talked about that. And now I'm going to go serve someplace. Where can I go serve? God wants to make a difference in my life. When the devil says, you're not good enough, you don't know the Bible, you're not a Bible scholar, you don't have to be a Bible scholar. You have to love Jesus. You're a Bible, you're going to learn the Bible for the rest of your life. You'll still, you'll still have tons to learn. It's really about can you give your heart to somebody else. You have to understand life is way much bigger than you. My son, my, I have three kids, and when my wife was in, my wife was in labor, 24, uh, 12, hours, 12 hours the first time, 24 hours the second time, 49 hours the third time. It doubled every time. I thought it was supposed to go down in hours. My wife doubled. My son was born last. My son had a really big head. His head was like um, uh, five hours stuck. And when a baby is born, on average, a baby's, um, like let's say a baby's nine pounds. Three pounds is head. One-third of baby's weight is in your head. 
So next time you see a baby, just on the sly, look at their head. It's one-third, imagine if one-third of your weight was your head. You'd be on National Geographic cover. I mean, you know. But little kids' heads are one, that's why one of the reasons they're so cute. Now, it wouldn't be cute if you were an adult like that, but for a little kid, it looks really cute. And, and that's why when you pick a baby up, they say grab their head because their head is like a brick, right? And their body's like nothing. So make a long story short, my son grows up and, and you know, he's like five and his head is still one-third his weight. It's like he walks and his forehead rubs on the carpet. It's, it's just like ginormous. So he comes up to me and says, hey, Dad, let's play hide and seek. Hide and seek in my family was when they were little, we turn all the lights off in the house. You go hide and then the person counting has to find you. But the goal is that the person that hid is supposed to scare the person that's looking for them. That's the goal. We change the rules. So yeah, yeah, I'm going to go hide. I said, brother, where are you going to hide? You're going to be behind the suburban or the garage? That's the only place you can hide. Your head is so big. So I said, okay, I'll count. So he goes walking through the house. I can hear him banging on the halls. It bam, 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 bam. He hides behind this little tiny plant. He got his head over here and his head over here. And I can hear him going, he can't see us. He can't see us. Now, his sister is hiding behind his head. But because he has his hands over his eyes and can't see me, he doesn't think I can see him. We understand that there's a God that we can't see that's really there. But we forget. And when, Mo, when, when God called Moses and when God calls you to do something, you have to remember there's a God that you can't see. That's already ahead of you. That's why that's what, thinking like an adult is God's got a plan. Look at number two in your notes. Moses claimed ignorance, so God educated him with his name. Moses said in verse 13, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, God, the God of your fathers has sent me, and they say, what is his name, what do I say? Like, first Moses said, who am I? Then Moses said, who are you? That's why we talked a couple weeks ago about who is God. He's the uncaused cause. He's the undesigned designer. He's the moral lawgiver. He's the origin of your purpose. Get that sermon from two weeks ago. It is all about who God is. He's the one that has created everything but not, was not created because he lives outside of our universe and our, our reality. And God said, I am who I am. I love this name. Ladies, can you imagine? You're single. You're in Vons. You got curlers in your hair. And you're in your robe because you had to get some eggs because it was, it was like the last minute. And you ran in thinking you're not going to see anybody. And you're looking for a man. But there he is right there. He's got all his teeth, hair on his head. Got a job. You're like, oh, snap, this is it. And he walks up to you and says, hey, girl, what's your name? And you, you haven't even brushed your teeth. Your breath is kicking like Jackie Chang. And you're like, what do I do? And you go, oh, my name is, oh, my name is, oh, my name is Mary. Oh. And he goes, and you say, what is your name? And he goes, I am that I am. He ain't going to say that because only God can say that. But here's what he meant. I always was. I am now, and I always will be. I am Mr. Consistent. I didn't have a beginning because I existed outside your reality. Your reality says there always had to be a beginning of something, which we talked about two weeks ago. 
I am the uncaused cause. I am outside of your reality. I have come from a whole different <laughs> space and time. I always was. I'm God. There's no one like me. I am now and I always will be. Nothing you can do to change me. Even if you hate me, I'm still lovable and loving. Even though you deny my existence, I am still there. Even though you don't have faith in me, I have faith in you. He's, he always was, he is, and he always will be. Look at the names he says. He says, my name, Yehovah, I am, I am that I am. Yehovah, Nisi, I am the Lord, the Lord is conqueror. Yehovah, sh Shalom, the Lord is peace. Yehovah, Shammah, the Lord is here. Yehovah, Yireh, the Lord provides. God can only provide for you because he knows your need. He's not waiting to provide for you until you ask. How, he, hopefully you know that God is providing for you things you haven't asked for. He's providing for you oxygen, friends, opportunity. Things you haven't asked for, you don't even know you need. He's already provided. So God, the God that provides, provides even before you ask because he sees your need before you even see it. El Shaddai, almighty God. Yehovah El Yon, the God most high. Yehovah Sintkenyu, the Lord is our righteousness. Yehovah Rapha or Rafika, the Lord is healer. Yehovah Elohim, the Lord most high. And it goes on and on. I think I have like 50 of these names of God. He is and he always was all those things. He is your conqueror. He is faithful. He is your foundation. He is your rock. And he never changes. So when, when Moses came and said, who are you? He says, do you have all day for me explain to you who I am? So when God calls you to do something, you have to know you're not going by yourself. You are going with the God. Number three, Moses feared being incredible or lacking credibility, so God empowered him. Look what it says in chapter 4, verse 1 to 5. Moses answered and said, suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice. Suppose when I say Jesus is Lord and the gospel is true, people just look at me and curse at me. This is why people think they have to have a lot of information. The more information you have, the better. But what trumps information is revelation. Amen. It's the power of God. Amen. Look what he says. Moses says, what if they don't believe me? The Lord said, what is that in your hand? He said, a rod, a stick, a stick. What can a stick do? Nothing God doesn't empower it to do. Can't do anything. It's just wood. Can't speak. Can't think. Can't do miracles. Can't move. God said, cast it on the ground. So he cast it on the ground. It became a serpent. And Moses fled. The Lord said to Moses, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. He reached out his hand and caught it and it became a rod. That they, be, that they may believe the Lord God and their fathers. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob has sent you. I'm going to do supernatural things in your life. How many of y'all would love to God do something supernatural in your life? Raise your hand. Okay, guess what? You got to give him what's in your hand then. Amen. Say, God, here I am. I want to do what you want me to do. I want to serve. I want to be available. I want to make a difference in my life, in the world, in the church, in the community. I'm going to start by making myself available. There was a guy in the Bible who was blind. And the religious told him Jesus was a heretic, a liar, a hypocrite, a phony. And he goes, look, I don't know whether that dude's legit or not. I don't know what you're saying is true. All I know, I was blind, now I see. <laughs> 
And if I looked at all y'all's lives, I would imagine God has done something supernatural in your life. Can I get an amen? And the devil does not want you to remember those things. When, when David was going to kill Goliath, David was a little boy. And they said, David, you can't kill Goliath. He's a giant. You're a kid. And David said, when I used to keep sheep in the past, which was the day before, if a lion or bear came out after one of my sheeps, I know there's not an S on the end of the word, but still I'm just saying, uh, I would take the sheep out of the lion and bear's mouth, kill the lion and bear, and save the sheep. And because God did that, gave credit to God, because God did that, he is going to deliver me from this, this giant. And because God did what he did in your life in the past, God's going to help you do it in the future. And by the way, sometimes the, the word of hope that you have for people is simply saying, hey, man, I don't know how to help you with your bills. But let me tell you what God did for me. I don't know how to help you with your woman or your baby daddy, but, but let me tell you what God did in my life. I don't know how, how to help you with your illness, but let me tell you what God did in my life. Whoa. Whoa. It's amazing because a lot of times when people are going through stuff, the devil tells you the only one you're alone, no one's going to understand, and it's all, and no, 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 no. Number four, tell it, tell it, tell it. Number four, Moses focused on his inability, so God revealed his design. Moses said, Lord, I am not eloquent before. You spoke to your servant. I am speech and tongue. Some people think Moses stuttered. That's why I'm doing that. Moses, I can't talk. I'm not a good presenter. I'm behind the scenes. So what you asked me to do, I can't do. You going to tell God what he wants to do in your life? The Lord said to him, who has made your mouth? I don't know if he stuttered. People think that. But let's say he did stutter. God may be saying, listen, I'm going to have you stutter because I want them to pay attention. You ever listen to someone who stutters? What do you do? You pay attention. You listen. Now, I'm not saying that's what he, what he did that. I don't know. I just met a guy the other day, and I didn't know he stuttered until he started talking, and it made me lean in. Now, I'm not saying that's why people stutter, but my point is, God says, I'm the one who called you with the inability that you think you have to do what I called you to do, because I'm going to use it for my glory. Amen. That's all you need to know. The devil's saying, well, look at that person. You can't talk like that person, so you can't do it. You can't sing like that person, so you can't do it. You're not pretty like that person, so you shouldn't try. Forget all that. What has God called you to do? How is God going? Because God has to get the glory. If you go there and say, this is all about me, I did this, God can't get the glory. He's like, I'm out. So the Lord said to him, who has made the mouth, who makes the mute, the deaf, the seeing, the blind, have not I the Lord. Now therefore go and I will be with you in your mouth and teach you what you should say. I was listening to Sha Shaquille O'Neal uh, being interviewed and the person interviewing him, I think it was Jimmy Fallon or someone said, so you believe that Stevie Wonder can see? He asked that to Shaq. You believe that Stevie Wonder can see. Y'all know who Stevie Wonder is, by the way? Let me make sure we're all on the same page. <laughs> Stevie Wonder is a blind musician, and he's been doing crazy, incredible music for 50-something years, 60 years. I don't know, just long before all of us were born. Um, and he's still making music. Now, I do believe Stevie Wonder can see. Matter of fact, I think Stevie Wonder can see better than most of us. He just doesn't use that. That's... He sees stuff. 
I mean, I, he's never seen a keyboard, but yet he can play. He don't need to look at it because he can't see it anyway, but he's just like moving all around. I mean, he sees music. He sees ideas. He sees creativity. But my point is Shaq was saying, no, I think he can see. And so they said, why do you say that? He says, because I was on the elevator. I can't remember who was on the elevator first, but I was on the elevator. And either Stevie Wonder walked in or I walked in. And as soon as I came into his presence, Stevie Wonder said, hey, what's up, big fella? <laughs> now, I believe Stevie Wonder can see. He sees with his ears, his nose, his smell, his perception, proprioception. He can feel stuff. He senses stuff. And he sensed Shaq and just knew it was him for whatever reason. My point is this. Don't limit what you can do by the things you think you're supposed to do it through. I can't talk, so therefore I can't be a presenter. I can't see, so I can't make music. Who says? Let God determine. You just have to say, Lord, what do you want me to do? Let me step into the arena. And number five, Moses expressed insubordination, so God equipped him. Verse 13, chapter 4. He said, Lord, please send by the hammer whoever else. So that <laughs> Moses said, no, I'm not going. And God was like, you're wearing me out. I wonder how many of y'all are wearing God out. <laughs> How many of y'all are wearing God out? God's like, let's go, let's go. Your neighbor, your auntie, your cousin, your co-worker, your boss. I want you to tell them about me. You keep giving me these excuses, wearing me out. Okay, so let's do this. How about if I send somebody with you? Look what it says. So the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses and he said, is not Aaron the Levite your brother? I know he can speak. He's coming out. When he sees you, he will be glad. You shall speak to him. Put words in his mouth, and he, I will be your mouth and with his mouth, and I will teach you what you should do. Now, if you read the story about Moses, Moses does a lot of talking anyway, but he uses his brother. God uses his brother to get him out there. But here's my point. God has called every single one of you as part of this church to go help us make a difference in the community. And you're always going to say, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. And God says, no, no, you can, you can, you can, you can, you can. And I want to challenge you to say, Lord, I'm going to take that step and I'm going to at least find out information. So he's going to give you a text, a text code. If you text the word say, serve to 52525, text serve. If you take a picture of that, serve and say, Lord, I, I, I want to find out what it means to serve. I'm going to tell you, if you really want to grow in your faith, no matter where you're at and what campus, if you really want to grow in your faith, start living your faith. Start serving. Start telling people about Jesus. That's the best way for you to grow in your faith. Because when you start doing that, your faith in God will grow and you will become the Christian that you really, really want to be deep down in your heart. Amen? Amen? Amen, Amen. Amen campuses. Amen? Let's go. Let's give the Lord a big hand. Come on, church.